Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we speak to Simone Poppleton, a registered counselor based in South Africa and Ireland, about her private practice and everything private practice management related. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be speaking about registered counselors with our guest, uh, Simone Vasque Poppleton, a registered counselor based in Four Ways Gauteng. Simone, how are you? Hello, Shaz. Thank you for having me. Always a treat to see you and talk to you. Now, I enjoy spending time with you and talking to you as well, Simone. So basically, the idea behind today's episode is going to be really just discussing what is a registered counsellor and a little bit of information for potential people wanting to become counsellors, as in, you know, what is it that you do? So what is a registered counsellor? Yeah. I think it's a really good question because I don't know if people know very well what we do as a category. Um, so we are registered with the HPCSA um, as a specific category. You can become a student um, registered counsellor first. Um, you do an internship during that time and then you actually register as a counsellor. Um, essentially, we regard it on a very layman's terms level as the first responders in med- uh, mental health care. So our aim is effectively to... Um, see people who are experiencing some kind of a life challenge are needing psychological intervention we also do psychological assessments um, and then we intervene in that process usually on a more short-term basis um, we are not um, there to diagnose patients um, and we do refer out so we also have to have an, a knowledge of all the other categories in psychology so that we can appropriately um, refer people out um, and I think that there's such a need for um, registered counsellors in South Africa because we are far more accessible and um, affordable as well um, and you know in comparison to perhaps psychologists um, and there is a very stringent uh, training process as well in order to become a registered counsellor so I really do recommend those that are interested in it and that it's a very fulfilling uh, career. I love that you put it out there that you guys are like the first responders. So you are the EMTs, the paramedics of the psychological world. You know, people see you first. It's your job to bandage them up and then pass, you know, help them to make the next step to see the doctor or the surgeon that they need to see. That's, I love that analogy. So what made you decide to become a registered counsellor? So I've always wanted to be in the psychological field. Um, And, you know, when I um, returned from overseas, I'd done some studies abroad and um, and I had this amazing opportunity to to continue with what I had done in South Africa, which was an honours in psychology. That's what you need to become a registered counsellor. And it enables you to open up your own practice. Um, I was very certain of what I wanted to pursue in my practice. It was quite specific and specialised, working with couples and relationship therapy and you're you know you can do that as a registered counselor and and so there really is a lot of openness to the field as well in terms of your areas of interest obviously within your scope of practice um and so you know I was able to open up a practice and and grow it and and so I really love what I do um you know perhaps one day I might pursue that further but for now it's an incredibly fulfilling um career wonderful so you said you've opened up your private practice how long have you been in private practice for now so this will be my third year. 
Okay. Yeah. And I thought originally that, you know, being quite niche in, in the field. So many registered counselors take the approach of being general because that is obviously how we're trained. We generally are able to uh, see people across the board, you know, many different challenges they may be facing. Um, but I decided quite upfront that I wanted to be very specific in the way that I was working. And I thought that that would, you know, set me back in terms of just the amount of time that would take to build up the practice. But I think that when you're very passionate about the area of focus, um, I actually recommend that people do try and specialize a little bit more rather than saying I'm a one size fits all. You know, I think I know my strengths and I, I know where I'm probably better as a counselor. And so my recommendation is to pursue that because you'll become known for being in that particular specialization and your practice will then grow accordingly. Um, and so I'm very grateful for the clients, couples who've really entrusted me with that process in the last three years. Look, I have to agree with you 100% there. It's far better to specialize in one area than it is to try and stretch yourself very thin. I mean, if you look at any other specialties, I mean, accountants specialize as accountants or chartered accountants. Even law is split into, you know, are you doing family law? Are you doing criminal law? Are you doing... So it does make a lot of sense to kind of specialize into where your strengths are. So did you have any role models growing up that kind of helped you to decide that this was the route you were going to be on? Well, I think quite honestly, I, I actually attended um, therapy as a child. Um, and so I had very firsthand experience of being a client um, as, a, as a young girl, little girl. Um, and then I did that again uh, more in my adolescence. And then I did that again in my young adulthood. And now I do it regularly on a weekly basis, attend my own therapy. Um, but at the time, I, it was just this fascinating experience of, of this, this woman. She was my child therapist who, you know, was just figuring me out and what I I was about and and I suppose it just nurtured that thing in me that I've always had of being fascinated about people the way that we think the way we do things I love to connect things and make meaning out of them so you'll definitely find that um, in the way that I work I'll always link you know something way from the past into the present into the future um, and so I think that it was very much my own personal experience of it. Um, and then also once I then had to officially start pursuing, you know, what am I going to study? I had decided I wanted to be um, one of four things. So it was either going to be a lawyer. It was going to be a teacher. I wanted to be in something creative like event planner, fashion um, or a psychologist. And when I started looking at all four, I realized that actually in, in psychology as a counselor, I could take all the things I loved about those other careers and actually put it into psychology. So I, you know, do advocate, you know, much like I wanted to as a lawyer for families. I do have a lot of creative aspects to my work because I get to create workshops and plan events. Um, and obviously I do get to teach and guide people on a subject I love. So I feel like psychology was this beautiful combination of all four things. It was a wonderful way to wrap everything up into one kind of parcel. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> a very pretty boat. I love that analogy. So when you started out, were there any challenges that you faced moving into private practice? I mean, I know that all practitioners have to do an internship, but at some point, you know, there's there's that leap into I'm going to work for myself. Was there any challenges that you faced starting out? 
Yes, I, you know, if I'm honest, I think that I um, put off starting my private practice for a very long time. Um, so when I returned from my studies, I, you know, I just got engaged. It was really necessary for me to find my job and start my life. Um, and it was the first time I was going to officially be working outside of an internship environment. And I tried everything but to start my own practice because I thought, you know, what do I know? I've never done something like this. Maybe I'm not much of an entrepreneur. You know, there was a lot of that self-doubt and almost that, I mean, imposter syndrome. I can't possibly start a practice. You know, I'm 20. I think I must've been 25 at the time. Who is going to come and see me? Um, and so I had a lot of doubt. And, and I think that I tried lots of different applications. I think I must've sent close to 50 um, applications to different environments, um, particularly schools. Um, and every time they, you know, we had had meetings and we had interviews, I kept trying to, if I'm honest, impose the, the way that I would want to work in the space. And they were going, no, that's not really what we're needing. You know, we're needing, you know, assessments, for example. And I'm going, no, but that's not what I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm passionate about working with the families and, you know, with even with the children. And so I actually realized that I was just trying to fit this round peg in a square hole and I knew what I wanted to do. And if I was just brave enough, I actually very much could start my practice because I knew what I wanted. I felt like the seed had been planted in my heart, you know, for a very long time. Um, so I, you know, starting it out, I did an enormous amount of prep before I ever opened my doors. Um, on my very first day of opening up the practice, I had my two first clients. I don't know if they will know they were my first, but I was incredibly excited that day because, you know, these were the first people I'll always remember as, as being on my first day. Um, but I think in actually starting it, probably the, the most challenging thing was figuring out that you had to be the everything person in that space. Um, you know, you don't have a structure organization that is managing all the components for you. You are doing that. And the success of my practice was based on how much I was putting into it, really. So I had to be the marketing person. I had to be the accounting, the finances, you know, the invoicing, all of those things. And then I realized I can't be those things because I'm not good at all those things. Um, and I knew I had to know where my strengths lie. And that's my recommendation for people who start the practice is know where your strengths are. Um, and if they're not in admin, outsource that. If it's not in finance, outsource it. If it's not in marketing, outsource it. I um, mean, that's obviously where you've come along, shares and saved the day um, in being able to really just make up and fill the gaps where I wasn't able to do that. Um, and so that's been an enormous, it was initially a huge challenge, but an enormous gift to my practice because I had so much more energy for the thing I love, which is the counseling. And I, I do enjoy a bit of marketing. And so those things I, I do, but the rest, it was actually such a, a relief, a breath of fresh air to actually outsource that. Now, look, I, thank you for that. I mean, I know from our experience that a lot of practitioners wind up in exactly that position that you were in of suddenly I'm not just a therapist. I'm the accountant. I'm the bookkeeper. I'm the debt collector. I'm, And all of that seems to take away from that therapeutic process. So you know, and look, the best situation would be to try and get a receptionist or an admin person, but you can't always do that when you start out. And especially if you've got a roaming office, the last thing you want is to have somebody having to follow you wherever you go. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah, so on a little bit more, you know, how do registered counselors help their patients? You know, what is the difference that you bring in as opposed to maybe a social worker or a counseling psychologist? 
So I think we often get uh, our scope of practice gets confused with that of a social worker. I often find that schools tend to bring in a social worker when I sometimes think that it might be more appropriate to have a counsellor. So a social worker's scope of practice, and I'm, I obviously I'm not going to speak entirely on their behalf, I, I didn't study that, but from what I understand, it, it is a lot more about the social um, dynamics, and so it's very much about the group um, experience, so the, the individual within that context. Um, and obviously not separating the individual from their social environment. And so it's an incredibly important field and, and social workers are so needed specifically in our country. Um, Counselors are obviously kind of taking that a little bit more into the kind of mental health individual process um, and obviously has that therapeutic element and that's the way that we're trained using psychological uh, rather than maybe sociological um, theories. Um, you know, uh, counselling psych have studied further, so they obviously have a master's degree um, in psychology, sometimes a doctorate um, as well, depending on where they studied. Um, they will also do an internship. And so they are also highly qualified. Um, and so it's very not at all a sense of going one is better than the other. It's very much about what you need as a client. You know, some people do need more of that kind of long-term intervention that a psychologist can offer. Um, also, if you are able to afford, you know, their fees, then, you know, that's always an option. For those that are, you know, kind of needing a little bit more perhaps of that specialized or um, kind of um, short-term aspect to their therapy, a counselor is very much what you can look for on an accessible, affordable level. Um, so I think it's really important to look at the way in which we can all work together rather than against each other. Um, obviously, if there can be a, a space where there is an opportunity for all of them to almost refer to one another, um, that's what I, I suggest mostly because we are such an integrative, you know, a, we're integrative people you know sometimes some things need more of that psychologist's role and other times you need the so you know um social worker to come in and uh, look at the family dynamics as a whole for example and um, so it's really working together I love the fact that you say it is all about working together because I mean that's exactly what mental health is it's about you know it's about having support structures and people that you can reach out to. And I agree, you know, sometimes you don't need long-term intervention. Sometimes it's just you're going through a bit of a rough patch now, and that would be more where maybe a registered counsellor would fall in as opposed to going to see a clinical psychologist. Um, and, yeah, so from my understanding, I believe social workers work a lot more with more the family environment and kind of where it is and isn't working and more often than not, I believe a lot of them work with things like welfare, whereas a registered counsellor is aside from that, but can also help from a more individualised perspective or a couple or a family perspective where there is, you know, we're trying to fix things as opposed to, you know, okay, this isn't working anymore, now what? Yes. <laughs> All right, so is there, you know, when would someone reach out to a registered counsellor? Yeah. Um, I think that my recommendation is, you know, when when you identify that there's something not working, um, obviously I, I'm more of the, um, I suppose, initial opinion that if you can do that when you are doing well, that would be preferred because you have the mental, you know, emotional resources to sustain therapy. But uh, people do often wait until things are not um, right or things are not in a good space to seek out counselling. And if that's the case, then I suggest that people do some research 
you know, the relationship between a client and a counselor um, is a therapeutic relationship ultimately. And so there isn't this cookie cutter approach of going, you know, every counselor is for every person. It, it is a relationship. And, and so much like any relationship, you're going to gel and, and, you know, get on well with some more than others. And if you don't have a feeling of being found in your counseling space, perhaps that isn't the right fit. And so my recommendation is to always do some research beforehand, have a few options of different counselors or psychologists that you would be interested in seeking out. Obviously, uh, I would suggest those that specialize in the area that you would like to see them for rather than maybe more general. But it's also important to look at the approaches that the different counselors use. And so feel free to ask, you know, what is your particular style of counseling or your approach that you use? Um, most people have a general sense of I'm really needing something that feels a bit more short term. If you don't know, I think it's also just interesting to get an idea to also research it afterwards and go, oh, this counselor said she uses CBT. Oh, that counselor uses more of a psychodynamic approach. What does that mean? What kind of connects with me when I read up on those two approaches? And I think it is important to make an informed decision about it. And then a really good recommendation is to probably contact the counselor, you know, usually through the phone message, look at them on social media, you start to get a sense of their personality as well. Um, and then during the actual uh, counseling, you know, that first intake session, use it as an opportunity to ask any questions that you have, um, so that you can ensure that you're making the best decision for what you need as a client. That's actually an absolutely amazing way of putting it. Um, we've picked up with a good couple of our clients as well that what they've started to do is almost that discovery call or discovery interview with a client because, as they said, you know, it, it is such a personal thing when you're going for counseling or psychotherapy that, you know, you want to see do we meet, do we match, do can, you know, me as the patient see myself sitting every week talking to this person about my problems or, you know, maybe this isn't a good fit. So I love the way that you say, you know, put the time in research, make sure that, you know, you, you're going to find the person that you think will be the good right fit for you. And I have to agree, you know, I've been one of those people that waited a bit too long before seeking help. And then, you know, you're not in the best space to make those decisions. So, yeah. you know, that's where that discovery session comes in to see, you know, are we the right fit? Is there anything else important around what a registered counselor is or that what a registered counselor does that you would be able to give advice to somebody maybe looking to become a registered counselor? Mm. Um, I think it's important to ensure that the course, I mean, on a very kind of logistical level, the course that they're pursuing actually does enable them to become a, um, a registered counsellor. So the laws have changed since I um, completed my studies, my honours. Um, so an academic honours doesn't enable you to become a registered counsellor. So it is important to be, um, you know, going through the correct route so that you can do an internship and actually register as the counsellor that you'd like to be. I also always recommend that um, the counsellors um, attend some kind of therapy of their own. I think it's very important to have a space to debrief because you will get triggered from your sessions with clients. Um, and it's important to have a space where you can process that, um, especially because you want the sessions to maintain, you know, the confidentiality and the, and the safety. Um, and then finally, to also have a supervisor. So uh, your own therapist is where I think it's easier to connect more on that personal level. A supervisor really enables you to show up professionally and um, the way that 
you need to. Um, and that can be on a monthly basis, however often you need, but you do need somebody that is on the other side of that, who's able to assist you, you know, bring new, um, you know, fresh perspective on your clients, especially when you're starting to feel stuck, rather than thinking that you need to do it alone. Because psychology fields are, are quite an isolated field. You need to be okay with spending a lot of time, although you might be seeing people, they're not there for you. They're not there to hear about you or to connect with you. They're there to obviously for you to connect with them. And so it can often be quite an isolated profession in that respect. And so it is important to have some a space that you can touch base and say, this is how I'm doing in this space. Um, and so I highly recommend that, that, um, that you do that from the beginning and get into the habit. Okay, that, that's absolutely wonderful. So the last thing for this show would be if somebody was considering becoming a registered counsellor and wanted to reach out and contact you, how would they do that? Sure, they're absolutely welcome to do so. I'm very happy to share my knowledge um, and my experience of starting a practice. Um, so as you said, my name is Simon Michelle Poppleton. Sometimes you might be, see me as Vashk <laughs> um, because of my uh, I recently got married. Um, so if you want to contact me, please feel free to do so on 076-809-9576. Otherwise, they can do so via email um, or on my social media page, which has all of this information and the social media page is rooted in love counseling um, and the details the email address is there as well all right perfect we'll include the all your contact details as well in the session notes at the end of this um, interview so that people are able to just click on a link and find their way to your website and make contact thank you so much simone it was absolutely wonderful chatting to you Thank you so much, Jazz. Thanks for your time. It's been wonderful to chat. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode.